back where you belong in the Veritex Community Bank Studios with the killer bees who won't sting you unless provoked. Here's Joel and Jeremy. King of Twitch saying, uh, just hyping them up too much after three games is silly. For you, for CBS Sports, for all these guys. Don't be a slow-moving ship, King of Twitches. Don't be. Uh, don't feel like you have to wait, wait forever, or it's all going to pass you by before you, you even was here. Well, I don't say the other stuff. I know. 713-780-3776-4187. Branham is so enamored with CJ today. Hello, you lost another offensive lineman today and no mention of it. Mention of it. Plus, Blankers, no Damian Lillard talk. We'll talk a little Damian a little Good bit. Good Lord. The, Give uh, us time. The show's three hours. The, you're, uh, you're here every day and all you well, do is bitch. Just enjoy it. Well, I mean, I did tease that the Houston Texans state of the offensive line's not in great shape. So I did tease that. Uh, Lamont on the Twitter. Uh, he uh, tweets both of us. He says, I love all the Stroud praise, but it feels like I'm not giving enough praise to his receivers. In other words, Stroud being good is not much of a shocker to me than these receivers producing. I had the receiver core as the worst unit on the team. It's a good point, Lamont, eh, because look, we did too. Like we not Maybe not the worst unit on the team, but the worst receiving core in the NFL. Like them, Carolina, Tennessee was in that conversation before they signed DeAndre Hopkins, which I'm really glad the Texans didn't do that because I like uh-huh. these young guys playing. Now, what I would ask is, look, I, I was always bullish on Tank Dell because I'm a huge Houston Cougar homer, and I thought that his game could translate if he could stay healthy. So far, knock on wood, it has. He's been a huge, 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 huge big win for Nick Casario in the draft. I had doubts about Nico Collins. I had doubts about Robert Woods. I'm not going to front we whenever it comes to that. Now, how much of that is C.J. Stroud raising the waters of that wide receiver room? That's where I was going. We talk about Mahomes all the time, making people around him better. Now, we're not comparing him to Mahomes. But good quarterbacks make good players better, average players good, below average players serviceable in a lot of cases. So what's wrong with saying that maybe it's a combo platter? Maybe Robert Woods had more in the tank than we thought because all three of us thought that they, if they didn't have the worst receiver room in the NFL, it was right there with Carolina and maybe one or two other teams. So the fact that maybe Robert Woods had more in the tank and maybe his situation in Tennessee was so bad that a situation like this was all he needed. Maybe Nico, as much as we've been clamoring, when's the breakout going to happen? When is he going to show us the reason why they drafted him when they did and and got him how they got him? Maybe it's a coincidence, but it seems like it's a combo platter. It seems like they still had plenty to prove in Collins' case or show that they could still play in Woods' case, but maybe the quarterback has made it easier for them and made them better along the way, putting balls where they need to be placed, getting them in situations where they're not double-covered or in a really tight window where you know they can't even get a, a two hands on the football to make a play, and maybe that helps too. I do think the receiving core is better than any of us gave credit Completely agree. for, though. And Tank has been far ahead than even me the biggest tank Dell homer would be like he, he is he's outproduced even my way over optimistic homer expectations for him through three games he's been unbelievable yeah, but like nico collins is really the guy that you can point to and say yeah. cj has elevated him yeah. because we've seen for two years that whether it's davis mills or jeff driscoll or tyrod taylor like nico collins is not good and now cj stroud makes him look very good like he, yep. he looks like a more than serviceable wide receiver for the Houston Texans. And that, 
You can't tell me that all these other quarterbacks were just waiting for Nico to turn it on. When this has been here the whole time, it seems like, and they just couldn't do it because they're not good. CJ is. you got to have that quarterback to bring the best out of you, right? 2484, so what do we think of the S2 test now? I think it's stupid. It's dead. It really is. <laughs> I, I think CJ Stroud has killed the S2 test. It will no longer carry any weight because CJ Stroud has, de- has destroyed any sort of credibility that it may have had, it did have, and it never should have. Completely agree. Look, 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 you know, in the past, maybe there was something that added credence to the fact that it kind of gave you a head start on what to expect. In this case, it did the exact opposite. It showed you that if this is the new way of testing for for a quarterback's intelligence, and this is the way that you decide that teams or you teams get swayed away swayed away from taking a, a certain quarterback, this should be the one that debunks the whole thing and throws it out the window and say we'll just stick to the way we do the interview process and the workouts and figure our stuff out that way because it certainly looks like they were wrong. Six eight five six. Oh, that's key from L.A. Oh, now at Branham, you love C.J. Y'all bush, you bashed him and cried when he was drafted. Not so much C.J. We, we bashed the trade more yep. than C.J. And look. Uh, CJ and his play and Anderson and his play, it, it makes me feel better and better about the trade. Does it completely eliminate the black cloud? No, uh, but I feel it, better and better by it each day. And to me, it's different. I, I still don't feel great about the trade. Uh, I'm hoping that I was wrong. I'm hoping that I feel better and better about it. I was completely wrong in in, in my fears and in my ability to say that I, I need to see a lot of CJ Stroud to be convinced that he's the guy. And in short work, he has changed my opinion, and I'm not afraid to admit that. But that trade is going to bother me all season long, and I want to wait till the end of the year and see how many wins the Texans have, see how the trade really looks after we have all the dust is settled. And it might not take only a year to do that, but at least we'll know where everybody's picking. I still don't like that trade. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they win seven or eight games and they take you out of the, the conversation of, oh, what did they miss out on? Now, let, let's see. Let's see how it all plays out. It's Black Cloud that's hanging over the uh, the team. And quite frankly, I don't want to talk about uh, the trade a whole lot. 713-780-3776. Now, C.J. Stroud might be in a, uh, a world of trouble come uh, come Sunday. We knew that he had 11 sacks through two uh, through two games. Like He was on pace of setting Houston Texans franchise record. Bobby Slowick, offensive line coach, offensive line. C.J. Stroud, they all did a really good job of avoiding sacks altogether against Jacksonville. Didn't get sacked once. That's great. But it's a different beast whenever you have the Pittsburgh Steelers coming into town. T.J. Watt leads the uh, NFL in sacks. Alex Highsmith, pretty good football player as well. And to make matters worse, does not look like Laramie Tunsil is anywhere near returning for the Houston Texans. Patrick Storm tweeted it out that you know it doesn't look good for uh, Laramie Tunsil to play this week and maybe play the next couple of weeks as well. And to make matters even worse, Josh Jones, go Cougs, who's been filling in pretty well at the left tackle yep. spot. Yep. Like better than we could have all imagined because we expected him to play left guard uh, next to Laramie Tunsil. He has a hand issue, and it does not look like he's going to play either. I think it was Aaron Wilson that reported he's not going to play on Sunday. And today's left tackle one in practice was Austin Deculus. Oh, and look, no. Bobcat fight never die. Love the local kid from Cy Fair. This is scary Sunday. That is more than frightening. And it would be frightening no matter who they were going up against and who was going to be going up against Deculus. But it's ridiculous to think that he's going to do anything but be a a small little pebble of a speed bump to get in the way of Watt as he's going to just wreak havoc on the backfield and hopefully not on, on Stroud and hopefully he doesn't get him too much. 
It's not what you want to hear at all. You're coming off a high. You're coming off your first win. As much as we thought they were going to beat the Colts and they didn't, and it brought us a lot of great concern, there was a, a renewed feeling of enthusiasm because of the way they did what they did in Jacksonville against the team favored to win the division. You don't want this coming off of that. You don't want to walk into a game where you know J.J.'s brother is going to want to make a statement to, to honor his brother in the house that J.J. built, jokingly. But, you know, with all the things going on, you don't want to give him, like, the red carpet to say, go get our quarterback as much as you want because we're not going to put anybody that can stop you in front of you. Yeah, this is uh, not a great sign. And this is going to be a true test, I think, of... Okay, let's see who fills in there. I'd be I'd be a little surprised if Decula starts. Actually, hopefully he doesn't. Um, be, I, mean, I don't know if they have a better option. Like they signed a guy to the practice squad yesterday. Maybe they elevate him. We saw what Dieter did at right tackle that one game in Week One, where he gave up a strip sack on his very first play. So they don't have great options there. So it comes down to scheme. And a lot of times, whenever you're scheming, getting rid of the football quickly, it, it kind of limits your entire playbook. So I'm not really feeling great about Sunday's game because of this injury news, which is not good. But I do think it's a blessing in disguise for C.J. Stroud. It might not translate to wins. It might not translate to a good stat line for C.J. Stroud. And I'm talking about these four games specifically, not just the one on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But and, and as long as C.J. Stroud doesn't get hurt or killed, I kind of think it's a good thing and a blessing in disguise that Stroud is having to play behind a patchwork, subpar offensive line early in his career because speed of game is going to be really, really like hard to transition to. You're doing it behind a patchwork offensive line. You're going to get pressures. You're going to get sacked a lot like he was in the first two weeks. It almost forces you to grow up in a hurry, and it forces you to get rid of the football quickly. I think it's actually going to be a good thing for C.J. Stroud's career, as long as he doesn't get killed behind a patchwork offensive line, that he's had having to get rid of the football quickly doesn't have very much time to throw because hopefully knock on wood, Larry Tunsil comes back at some point. Titus Howard apparently is progressing. Well, Juice Scruggs is going to play football for you this season. The best days of this offensive line are ahead of you. If like you got an extra second to throw versus where you've been in the first four games of your NFL career, I feel like the game's going to look really, really slow for CJ. Yeah, I was wondering where you were going with this when you were setting that up. Uh, so do you get it now? Yeah, I do. But but to me, when I look at it, my biggest thing is I'm not looking at this and automatically anticipating this is one of those games we were warning you about where he is going to look bad or he is going to fall down when he's been flying for the first three weeks. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, is that if you're facing all of the, again, another situation where he's faced a bunch of negatives. He faced a neg- bunch of negatives since game one of the regular season when you knew you were down multiple offensive linemen, when you knew that the opponent was a really good defensive team and this was your first start when you played the Ravens and all the things that have subsequently happened good and bad since then. But if he can somehow show that it's he's not overmatched by this situation yet again, if he can stay poised, if he can do some of the things you're saying about getting the rid of the ball quickly and, and stay upright, then I think that Slowick should get a lot of credit for that because it shows you for a guy that was questioned just like CJ was from the time that they got into the first game of the regular season and subsequently since then to show that it's not too big of a moment for them, that they can stay with their head above water. They can keep their team in the game. They can adequately adapt to a, a negative situation and try and turn it into a positive. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, this to me isn't a Sunday thing because I think the fact that if you if you have an Austin Deculus playing left tackle, whenever you have a Wad brother and you have the pressure that Pittsburgh can can give you defensively, I think it's gonna be a What's very a kid difficult from game. On the to other win. side, is it Hightower? Hightower. 
Yeah, like, he's really he's, good too. He's really like, good they, too. You get it from both ends for, yeah. with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it's not great. So I don't. This isn't to me a positive outlook for Sunday's game. Like, in fact, I, the fact that Josh Jones isn't going to play, I, I think, takes this from a winnable game to a game that you hope you can just be competitive. Quite honestly, because I think the Texans are going to have very, very difficult time moving the ball when they're with this patchwork offensive line can't run it and that front seven of the Pittsburgh Steelers. This to me is like growth and development of C.J. Stroud. Well, right now he has like two seconds to throw behind a patchwork offensive line. He's having to operate very quickly. He has to be very decisive. He has to go, 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 go. And then if you give him an extra second of time because Larry Tunsil's back, Juice Scruggs is back, Titus Howard's back, it's going to make it easier for him. Like right now, it's like it's on all Madden and whenever he gets a really good offensive line, it's going to be like all pro. The game's going to slow down for him. The progressions are going to be easier for him to make. I think that in the long haul, it's not great for the first four games. It's really bad for Sunday. I think in the long haul of his rookie year that this could actually be a blessing in it could, but you see what I'm saying, too. If, if they take all of this scenario that's built up to look like it's completely loaded up against them, and they do what you say, they stay competitive, and, and, and Slowick is able to try and scheme a game plan that stays away from Watt, keeps Watt away from Stroud, and at least they're in the ballgame. Because Kenny Pickett's not going to blow the roof off of you with points and, 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 and you know, a scoring machine and all these plays and everything else. Yeah, they're, they're wide receivers. Pickens is electric, but you're right. They're not like a high-power, high-octane offense. They have they have pieces, yep. but they're not going to score 30 points a game. Nope, they're not. And, and so if you can at least offensively not just you know look like you are stuck in the mud and in quicksand because of every scenario that we're talking about with the line, then it's going to be feathers in both of their guys, those guys' cap too because he knows he's going to be under pressure. But if he doesn't get happy feet, if he doesn't panic, and he they execute a game plan, it could be good for both of them. Yeah, I was looking at it more big picture. I like the uh, you know looking at it from the what's ahead of you too with the Steelers. Which look, I mean, if Texans can win that game with an Austin Deculus playing left tackle. Wow, seven one three seven eight zero ESPN zero seven nine three. If the uh, cardiac arrest and highway to hell got it on and had a baby, it would be this show: Texans and Astros non-top zero Dame talk. Because we aim to please. Because it's we always be the same texture, right? Because we always look out for the listener. Because we love you, the li- even the mean ones. We especially love you, the mean texture. We have a segment all about you: seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. But because we do what the people want. Let's discuss that big trade in the NBA that went down hours before our show. Also, I got got with the prank that I tried to pull you yesterday. I didn't realize my wife had recorded it. She got me with the whole Taylor Swift. Oh, wow. Travis she she got me. Next level. She got me. I have to tip my cat to my lovely bride, although right now I don't feel like she's all that lovely. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Before we go to the break, tell you about the good people at my bookie. I've been telling you about them for quite a while. I believe in my bookie because they believe in taking care of their customers. I like the fact that you guys listen to the show and, and we appreciate you. So we want to take care of you as loyal listeners. And so when you are looking for a place to, to make a sporting event more interesting, a game that you have your eye on, maybe you've got a, 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 a cheering interest in it and, and a rooting interest, or maybe you just know there's a game on tonight, there's nothing else to watch, and you want to make it a little bit more interesting, you want to be engaged. So you want to put some money down on it. I always encourage you to go to mybookie.ag. I do that because they take care of you. Like The, the thing they got going on with bonuses right now. You, you always should remember the promo code BET975 because it's our promo code and it opens doors to get you more. And we all love getting more. But if you're a new subscriber, never been into mybookie.ag before, and you put that promo code, code in and put at least 50 bucks into your account to get started, they're going to put up to $200 in extra cash in your account instantly. That means more money in your account, more games you can bet on, more chances to win. If you've been a loyal customer, if you've been on my bookie in the past and you want to reload your account with more cash, same deal. Put in at least 50 bucks, 
get it get up to $200 in your account. And the best thing about that $200 is you don't have to play it eight times to have a chance to actually cash in and take it out. You play it one more time and you want to cash out, you can do that. And they'll take care of you by sending your sending out your money, getting you your cash. They're not going to hem and haw and try and keep it in the account because they can't pay it out and they're worried about what it's going to do to them if you take your cash out. No, they're going to pay you because they take care of you so that you stay a loyal customer. I, that's why I appreciate these guys so much. Been in business for over a decade. Always looking to take care of you. That's why I tell you about them. Check them out today. Go to mybookie.ag and use that promo code BET975. As I always tell you, bet anything, anytime, anywhere. With the only place I tell you to do it, it's mybookie.ag. Razor Blunt Commentary, delivered with a special purpose. What's happening to my special purpose? It's the Killer Bees, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. Big trade in the NBA today. Damian Lillard has been traded, but it is not to Miami. Joel Blank is wearing his Milwaukee Buck gear. Don't think that wasn't lost on me. It's very cute that you're wearing your, your Buck gear. Uh, it that's, is cute. That's, that's, the, that's the compliment. Cute. Well, I don't think you're cute. I think it's cute that you're mm. wearing your Bucks gear on a day that the Bucks made the blockbuster Why wouldn't you trade. wear it today? I, I think it, That's why I think it's cute. <laughs> I, I think you could have used a different adjective, but fine. Uh, what would you make of the trade? It was uh, massive. I, I got tipped off to this this morning. Oh, why didn't you let us know? Because I'm not that guy. And I, I'm not trying to be Mark Berman, but then I subsequently had a, a few others that are very trustworthy people ask me, what do you think? And my first reaction was, I love it. I love it in so many ways because of the fact that if all you basically were given up was a future first, Grayson Allen and Damon Lillard, you're, re- you're replacing Drew Holiday. To, to, uh, you're replacing, uh, giving up Drew Holiday to yeah, get Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me correct that. You're getting a guy that's so much better offensively. You're doing what Giannis wants you to do by giving him a legit running mate for the next three to five years, if not more, to say, we're going to go get this. Now, Drew Holiday, I'm not trying to take anything away from what he brings to the table. He's a really good above average, you know, all NBA first team type defender. But he can't score like that every night. He can't do the things that Dame does. And Dame is not a bad defender. He's not great, but he's not bad. It's but, more what effort. He, but what he brings to you defensively, and the fact that he gives an outside, inside-outside presence on every single possession with a guy that can go down and get buckets and, and, and do what Giannis does in the paint, and then you still get Chris Middleton. I've said over and over again, Chris Middleton, they, I'm, they're lucky they won the championship when they did. I was glad that they did. But to me, Chris Middleton is, is at best the third-best player on any team he plays on. But he's paid like a max player. That's one of the best, too. If he's your third-best player, you're in a pretty good situation. So if he is your third best player, you got both Lopez brothers, you got a complimentary roster, you now are in the conversation again to be a champion. And that's what they're trying to do for Giannis. I think you enhanced your ability to go chase a title and make Giannis happy, which let's not lose sight of that. That's the biggest thing in all of this. Giannis made it very clear. Show me you're still trying to win championships. I want to be here. I thought the Bucks did this for two reasons. One, this gives them a chance, like a better chance, to win the NBA championship next year. I think it does do that. And I think that the bigger thing, point two, bigger thing, was to try to keep Giannis in Milwaukee. So it leads you to the second tw- uh, question. Is this enough to keep Giannis in Milwaukee? Without question, it's enough to keep Giannis in Milwaukee because of the fact that the rest of the roster is still really good. And they continue to show him year after year 
We're not afraid to go out and trade for a Jay Crowder. We're not afraid to go in and bring in uh, the kind of guys that they've brought in in the past that are veterans that are going to help enhance this team to try and give them the best chance to win. Now, unfortunately, they didn't win it last year or get into it because of the fact that Giannis got hurt at the most inopportune team to time. But if you go out and get a Dame Lillard, Dame Lillard, yeah, he said he wanted to go to the Heat, but he also wants to win. He wants to do what so many great players do until they get that first title. They want to cement their legacy by getting a title. This helps Lillard want to stay. This helps Giannis want to continue in Milwaukee. This was massive for the franchise because as a as a small market team, this you could have seen the beginning of the end real quick with Giannis trying, wanting to get out of town. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. Now, I think that they're going to try to flip Drew Holiday. I don't think he's he going to be long. Scoot. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be long for Portland. Would, I'd be shocked if he starts the season with Portland. A lot of people are questioning why why Phoenix would do this. Look, I think Aiton's a good player. I think he's extremely overpaid. They wanted to get out of the contract. I think that there were issues already with the coaching staff, and then after that, there became issues with the fact that some of the, their best, better players also got a little tired of the, his act and his routine because he wasn't one of their, their top three players. He, and they need to really reconstruct this roster around the fact that they now have a, a guy like, like KD along with Booker and, and now making the trade that they made. They've got two guys that play very, very similar with Beal that they need to play more up-tempo and fast, and Aiton doesn't really fit that mode. So they had to adjust on the fly, and I think this helps them do that. Fun trade. Fun trade in the NBA. You usually don't get blockbusters. It's a big one. A couple of weeks before training camp, uh, but a big one. Milwaukee favored in the East? I think they should be. Yeah, I, I definitely think that they should be. The I think Vegas odds reflect that. They moved up to a plus 360 to win the championship. Where's the, that in the NBA? They're the betting favorite. They're the betting favorite at plus yeah. 360? Plus 360. That's pretty low for a betting it favorite. Is. And then it sounds like Portland's going to flip Holiday pretty quick here. I saw Philadelphia well, was interested. I, I, I think it'll see, be Philly or Chicago. I, I could see Daryl wanting him, but then I think Daryl's going to want to try and unload Harden in that deal, and I don't think Portland wants and shouldn't want anything to do with Harden. You think, I don't think you anyone think, in the NBA should want Harden. You think Maury's trying to get rid of Harden? Oh, yeah. Huh. Oh, yeah. Now I do. Yeah, because I think, you know what? I also think Embiid's tired of him. I think he wants something, though. Like, I think he wants well, he too does. much for Harden. No like, question. I, I, think he, I think he could unload Harden if he just wanted to wash his hands of James Harden. But I think his price tag for James Harden's too high to wash his hands think, of James Harden. I think Drew Holiday going to Philly and then sending James to the Clippers or wherever some he sort wants of three to go, way. another three team trade, I, that seems like a win to but me. But you know what, Joe? I don't think that it makes Philly good enough for Embiid. I don't think Embiid would be pleased losing Harden and getting Drew Holiday because Drew Holiday, as good of a player as he is, he can't be the kind of Robin to Batman that I think Embiid is in search of. I, I think Drew's I, a really good third player I on agree. a really good NBA team. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love him if I have a really good wing and a really big, po- like a yep. really good postman. Yep. I very much agree with you, Joel. The problem is, I don't think Philly's going to get that. Like Dame was the guy. You know, like, what's if weird? you're going to make it, like, like find, like find me another guy that can sure. be the Robin. I just like I think Joel Embiid will be gone. I think I think point. there's a really really good possibility, but I think that when you know why Daryl, this is why to Jeremy's point, but the way Daryl has that grandiose mentality that he wants too much is because he was able to turn a guy that no one wanted anything to do in Ben Simmons into James Harden, and he so he and he was able to say when Russell Westbrook was untradeable, or, or when Chris Paul was untradeable, he found a way to trade. Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. So he believes that he can do this too. I just think this time the clock has hit midnight. 
I don't think he's going to be able to get nearly in return what Harden did for that team a year ago. Yeah, fun trade, fun trade. Uh, so yesterday, Joe and I tried to do the Taylor Swift challenge on you where we act like Travis Kelsey's insignificant uh, and try to deke you a little bit. You didn't really fall for it, which is it was difficult for Joe and I to do that because the secret behind the Taylor Swift challenge is you have to pretend like Travis Kelsey has never existed before, and it's pretty difficult to do that whenever our line of work is sports. My wife pulled this on me two days ago. I didn't realize she was recording. My lovely bride, maybe my not-so-lovely bride, she got me. I got got by Mrs. Branham. Can you imagine, like, being this unknown guy, and then all of a sudden Taylor Swift, like, makes everyone know who you are? He wasn't unknown. Well, now he's not. No, before then he wasn't unknown. He was the best tight end in football. Yeah, but, like, no one had ever heard of him. Okay. I think the circles that we have of everyone are very different here. Everybody in the sports world knew who Travis Kelsey was. For real? Yeah. I don't think that's true. He's the best tight end in the NFL on a Super Bowl winning team. Well, I think it's mostly because of her. You mean? <laughs> what do I mean? Like, <laughs> we plucked him from obscurity. <laughs> the disrespect you have to Travis Kelsey right now is unbelievable. Travis Kelsey's one of the most popular NFL players in the world before Taylor Swift. I don't know. I just don't see it. <laughs> what are you talking about? Are you are you asleep? <laughs> asleep. Are you sleep talking right now? <laughs> no. He's massive. Well, you can be big and still be obscure. He's not obscure in the sports world. I don't know how you don't know Travis Kelsey. I thought his name was Kelsey Travis. She got me. She got Good me. on your wife. Did she know that you were going to run that audio? Uh yeah, she she, okay. I, she gave me clearance. But that's good. The the plucked him from obscurity. It, like I didn't really notice that in the moment. That's a pretty funny line. And then the whole you can be big and obscure. What a great line. That was fantastic. The Taylor Swift challenge. She did. She executed it far better than uh, Joe and I executed it. Uh, I, I, Lisa would have been. I would. Oh boy. You should have got her to do it. Man, no. You but, should do it no, to Lisa. Lisa. No way. Why not? No way. Because she. You know what? We've had this conversation Does she know who multiple Kelsey times. Is? Yeah. She knows football. She watches football with me. But at the same time, she, for being someone in the public eye, hates it when she's not on the air. Yeah, she's cringeworthy. She oh, just she has way. issues with it. She just she doesn't like it. So if I ran that audio, oh my oh. god, yeah, she would freak out. Yeah, you that'd be. Uh... Yeah, there might be a cuss bomb. <laughs> All right. Try the Taylor Swift challenge on uh, on your husband or your wife. Seven one three seven eight zero. You guys fail to realize I have an eight year old named Taylor that thinks somehow that she was named for Taylor Swift that loves the music. What do you mean? She like, thinks she was named after Taylor Swift. No, she she's asked before, and we're like, absolutely not. And Lisa will be like, uh, no, and don't ever say that again. But. She listens to Taylor Swift music in the car and all the time. So I think you guys thought I didn't know the songs. No, we that, we weren't hiding that from you. I had a list of songs on a piece of paper right here on the table. I didn't see that. I don't look at what you're doing over there. You didn't see I had a piece of paper. I did not. Mm, okay, but I, yeah, you have a really good music acumen. Like I would never like that's one of your strengths. Yeah, well, honestly, I, 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 and, you don't and, think many, but that's and, one of them. And looking cute in that Milwaukee shirt. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, we do it every Wednesday at 4.30. It's Joe's favorite segment. Why is he making faces on this Wednesday? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Anyone can have a hot take on sports. You're going to continue to be a bunch of soft, underperforming, tattooed millionaires? But that's not what these guys are about. Joel and Jeremy are real, actual human beings. 
Guys that have lives, families, and feelings and stuff. So it's WTF Wednesday. WTF, why the face? Where these guys let you in on their non-sports interests, goals, and dare I say it, dreams. But more than likely, they're going with all of the WTF moments of the past week. It's WTF Wednesday. Why the face? With the Killer Bees. All right, Joe. Why are you making faces on this Wednesday? You want to start with an athlete, a college, or a uh, pilot? Pilot. All right, British Airways pilot fired. Yeah, pilot. British Airways pilot fired after snorting cocaine off woman's chest and then trying to fly passengers. Okay, where, where was the setting of the, the action? Um, it looks like it was like somewhere in the airport. Okay, so probably like the lounge for the workers yeah. or whatever. Yep. What a what a wild story. Like so wild. So he, he did, it's a he snorting hey. coke off yep. of her. Yes, and then he wanted to fly. Should we not be worried that our pilots are taking bumps before they? I was going to say though hmm. that this is not this is not like uncharted. The coke may be a little excessive, but I think there's oh, been plenty of stories about pilots that drink and, and then oh, and then I'm fly. sure, yeah. Okay, well, the famous. It's worrisome no matter what. Do we yeah. know the airline? British Airways. British Airways. So it's overseas. Okay. Isn't it Airways? Yep, I wrote Airways and I said waves. Okay. <laughs> Good correction. <laughs> I mean, if, we, if, 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 if we're sailing or we're, we're on a flight. cruise ship, it could be British Airwaves. So when did they catch him? Was uh, it before or before after he the took flight? Off. So they did. They did know. Yeah. How did they? How they figured out? That wasn't in the story, but like, I wonder if somebody saw him or they just noticed he was like high. Well, I feel like if you're like you Concerned see it happen, like if it was in like the lounge area or bathroom, all of a sudden you get in your plate and that's like, well, I just saw that guy in the bathroom. But you're, you're pretty. You're pretty. Tell someone. You're pretty brash if you're going to do that out in the open. The, um, yeah, the, that's the thing here is that if you're doing this and you're that brash to do it, it's not your first time. Right. It's definitely not. It's not your first time. It's like and the whole probably, DUI thing. Like the, whenever you get busted for DUI, it wasn't the first time you were. You've probably done influence. it with cocktails and other things too. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, this is like, oh, I can do this in my sleep. So <sighs> I, it's not going to be a problem. So what's the fix here though? Cause yeah, it's concerning. Yes. Like Blanker said, this happens a lot. This Maybe story not. only said he got fired. Instead you of jail, you don't get jailed. Well, he never, he never flew the plane. Yeah, but how can he if he doesn't? If the authorities, if he doesn't admit to it, and the authorities weren't called in to actually investigate that's it, that's not attempted murder. He wasn't flying under no, the influence. He didn't fly. No, it that's yet. not a, murder. You have to have intent. Well, he was going to. He was going to try. But to he, fly but he his wasn't plane. going to try to murder them. He was going to try to fly the plane on drugs, not kill them. Know. Like coke doesn't and mean murder, Joe. He didn't attempt to do it because they fired or they caught yeah, him before he, never, he did. Well, it. he, he attempted to fly the plane. He got caught. I don't know, man. Like, I feel like oh you can't. God. I think it's going to be murder. Intern, fly Abigail's our high. intern today. Abigail, can you please cut the last 30 seconds? Because they land on a certain list tomorrow. No, attempted not murder. murder. Why not? It's in- not attempted murder. It's manslaughter at best. <laughs> okay. At best. It's Semantics. <laughs> but he didn't do it. So you can't but say, he you know what? wanted to do it. He, he got caught. He didn't want to. But it's not he attempted. He wanted to fly uh, impaired. Yeah. That's not murder. Conspiracy to attempt murder yeah. is way different than attempted murder, know. Joseph. I'm not backing down on this one. I think I'm right. You're not. I don't think you're close. <laughs> If you're an attorney, please. Uh, if a guy writes a notebook right about how he wants to do something Steve, to kill someone, but he never actually has a Steve knife gun or tries this? to do it, I know Steve deals with car accidents. But can we ask him about this one? I, we, that's a great nominee for car wreck of the day. I'm glad that you. Yeah. I'm glad you met Joe. Exactly right. Joe won car wreck it's of the unanimous. day yesterday. It's over. He's got it two <laughs> yeah. days in a row. I'm, I honestly like. I think we might. The over under for me getting car wreck of the day is probably like two and a half a week. 
Man. I'm going to try Attempted during the break murder. to see if Steve can join us today because it's already over. I don't know, man. Like, I, I still, I'm not going to back down from this one. Now, jail time's in question here. Like, he's doing coke. Like, that's a problem. Well, I don't know if that's illegal in, I don't, over there, to be honest. Well, if it's not, then he didn't break a law. That's true. And he, and again, because he didn't actually try and fly the plane, they well, got he did. He did try. But he didn't do he it. He was on his way to, to get in the it's plane, like and being, they didn't let it. It's like being under the influence, and somebody stops you from driving before you ever get in your car. That's not, you can't but, he only got exactly, but he only got stopped because he got fired. That's like, not, it wasn't his choice that he got stopped. Right, like but they stopped like, before the act occurred. Yeah, but he's go, he was going to do it. Sure, but he's he still. Did, it's the same thing as a DUI, Joe. If you had too much to drink and you're trying to walk to your car and Blankers is being a good friend and he takes the keys from you, you can't be charged for attempted murder. Well, yeah, but it's different. How? It's, it's not. He's got like 300 people on Okay, his you're ushering two people to, you know, up he to is, Kingwood. It doesn't Joe, matter. You the never only got in the way, car. The only right, way you can on. attempt to save Grace here <laughs> is to say, well, you know, there's different laws and rules in different countries. We don't know. Think what just happened here. We had a pilot that was doing coke off a woman before he tried to pilot a flight, and somehow Joe George is the He's biggest car wreck of the story. Of attempted murder. <laughs> All right, Tyreek Hill wants to join <laughs> yeah, the move on. Uh, so uh, Tyreek Will was on a, a stream with Mike Evans, and they started talking about what yeah. Tyreek Hill was going to do after his career, and Tyreek Hill wants to join the adult entertainment industry. Oh, my Thoughts? Did you see the fact that if it wasn't bad enough, and by the way, was it Mike Evans that's his co-host? I don't know if it was like his co-host or they're just doing it together, but... It was so awkward, the reaction. Awesome. He, like, he didn't know what to say, and because Tyreek Hill was like, what do you think about that, bro? And it got, like, not... There was this dead silence. And then it was like, oh, boy. And then Vegas came out with odds and movie titles and all this other stuff. And it's like, get out of here. Are we really discussing this? I question Tyreek Hill's intelligence a lot. It's really good he's good at football. Think of what Tyreek Hill's gotten away with in his life. I thought about that, too. Domestic violence of a pregnant girlfriend not once but twice, yeah. I believe. Abuse he, of a child. I didn't know about that one. Uh, the, 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 they, they, there was the rumor that he broke his child's arm. That's a, that's an issue if that As is part of true. that whole deal. I believe that was part of the deal. And then he pushed a poor guy on a, on a dock in, in Miami. I think it was Miami. I said he yeah, gives that me, wasn't Miami. He gives me Antonio Brown vibes. Yeah, me too. Like, it's good that he – I think that's a great call. I think he might be going down the same road as Antonio Brown. Like, he's kind of obviously, like, desperate for attention, even when he shouldn't be because he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. Tearing up the league this year. Yeah, that's, that's bizarre. I, I do have serious concerns about Tyree Kill and the post-NFL life. Of Guys him. think about this stuff way too much, though, when they're in sports because I actually worked with – uh, a player on our squad that absolutely believed that he should be and would be at a certain point a porn star, hmm. and openly talked about it. Okay. Uh, last one I got here: a Irish university is launching a new set of classes for their students. They're introducing classes on teaching people how to be influencers, and they're also going to start a class called "How to Not Get Canceled." Probably a pretty good life yeah. skill to have. To with everybody canceled. with the 24-hour news cycle being 24 seconds and everybody having a device that can become, make you a reporter, uh, it's pretty good to make sure that people kind of know and get the lay of the land so they don't do stupid stuff. Not everybody wants to be in the media, but everybody can be to some degree with Twitter or X. So I think it's pretty wise to be able to try and wise up people so that they don't say dumb things and put it in writing where they can't erase it. 
I feel like Facts. there should be a lot of common sense classes that are taught, whether it's this, like don't get what. <laughs> just thinking there's Facts. a common sense. No, it's not the on same what thing. not be attempted murder. Yeah. You knew what I don't know if that should be a class. Like, <laughs> Well, that's common sense. Yeah, I guess. But I'm talking more like life skills, not like knowing the like the judicial system or whatever. Like, I think you need to be taught like how to handle your money, especially if you're a college oh, for athlete. Sure. Uh, the non-canceling stuff, like that, is common sense, but it's common sense class. Maybe like how to be an adult, like certain stuff like that. Like, I really do think there should be classes for that. I mean, like CJ Stroud, how to be an adult. Yeah, like Colin Cowherd said, yeah. adult. Some people were saying that they were. They need, uh, it. They need it early. Well, you know that when the like, when the rookie like high, school. high school would be good. But you know, rookie symposiums for the the different leagues now that they, all rookies are it's mandatory. Financial planning and taking care of your money. They try to do that. Yeah, I mean that's that's good. It's yeah. good that they had that. I think Joe's right though. Like I think it should be good for high school kids for sure. Like this With is NIL money. Think about money. like, like the but way even it, for everybody, like just like an average Joe, it's very important. Like, like I remember in twenty years, but specifically skill. for now with college with with people going to college and getting NIL money for everything. You know but what I think is going to happen with NIL though is that I think a lot of these people aren't going to realize that hey, that money's taxable and they're not paying their taxes. I agree, but like I remember, I remember 2018. I was covering the Final Four in San Antonio, and like as Dante Divincenzo was giving his press conference, like there was people in the audience all of a sudden getting social media alerts that he, I think, it, he said something on social media he definitely is not allowed to say, and was like basically getting canceled within minutes of winning the national championship I think I remember game. That. And so it's like it's one of those, like they just need they need it in high school. Like you got kids all the time tweeting stuff like you should not say. Well, remember how many then, guys like, have had to go back you and get scrap? drafted? Yeah. Well, honestly, you're a bad like university like football basketball program if you don't just like demand their Twitter account and scrub it the minute they get on campus. Didn't like they part, should just be part doing of that what for led you. to more of Deshaun stuff, wasn't it? That he never scrubbed anything and they went back yeah. and they started pulling stuff. I mean, there's always screenshots. Like if you're a four star recruit and you tweet something dumb, that screenshot's going to live forever. Or even like rap lyrics and stuff have been used against guys when they were young and in high school and and, and used words within the lyrics. Yeah, it's not if, if you're What's this, the hater, the the relief pitcher, Josh Hater. Yeah, he that was one of the deals that he got. Yeah, like if he wasn't good. He probably wouldn't be pitching in baseball. Like it's really easy to get canceled these yep, days. It is very scared easily. to throw four outs. Scared to throw four outs. And Josh Hader wasn't that was that last night, two nights ago. Wasn't there a big deal about him? Like he didn't want to pitch the eighth and ninth inning. At least he's not a brewer he's anymore. They won the division for the playoffs. The he's going to be a free agent after the year. Yeah. How many yep. games back are they at the playoffs? Uh, I think it's like three and a half now. So probably close to eliminated. Yeah, pretty so close. Business decision there. I don't know if it's the wrong. I don't know if it's the wrong decision. I would just like to be known that I found a story about a drunk jet blue pilot drank twenty two ounce beer. <laughs> Uh, nights before his flight, and he was not arrested. He was only suspended. So I'm an idiot. Fact. Move on. Hold on. A 22 ounce beer the night before a flight. That's what this says. But like he was that arrested like for dr- there's a, well there's a window. He had to have like he had to have been over the legal limit. Yeah, he must have. Like been. you can have a beer the night before you fly. Yeah, but like he was apparently only suspended for a year. So that guy got suspended for oh he blew a .174. That's okay. way more than a 22 ounce beer. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's the twenty-two ounce beer is misleading there. Yeah, the headline says twenty-two ounce beer. The story says point one seven four. How many twenty-two ounce beers? Yeah, he only got suspended. Only for a year, though. Oh wait, <laughs> no, because this that headline sucks. While in police interview, he he admitted to drinking ten yeah. tall boys. Yeah, he did. Like, there's no way he only had one twenty-two ounce beer the night before a flight. Yeah, and, and had a point what one seven twice the legal limit. All right, Glenn Davis, our very own Glenn Davis, the voice of the Houston Dynamo, the host of Soccer Matters. Houston Dynamo playing for a trophy tonight. The U.S. Open Cup against Inter Miami. 
potentially with Messi on the pitch? Or will he be? We'll ask Glenn when we return. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. If you're going to fly a, pl- a plane anytime soon, make sure you have your Gentle Ben the night before you do. But Gentle Ben has to be the drink of choice. I've been telling you for years now that Gentle Ben is the best. The vodka, the gin, the straight bourbon whiskey, or the cask strength bourbon, it is all top shelf. And it starts with the finest ingredients, classic time-honored distilling methods, and Gentle Ben uses a revolutionary technology that eliminates impurities for the cleanest, smoothest spirits that you will ever taste. You get all the flavor and none of the burn. Unparalleled smoothness and an enjoyable drinking experience. Next time you head to dinner or go to your favorite bar, make sure that you ask for Gentle Ben. Look for Gentle Ben at the liquor store on your way home. Pick up a bottle or two today. If you're looking for plans, head to the Gentle Ben Tasting Room. Also, head over to GentleBen.com for a couple of reasons. One, check out their incredible story, their incredible website. You can search where you can find Gentle Ben, or you can just cut out the legwork. For the first time ever, you can order Gentle Ben straight from their website anywhere. Just head to GentleBin.com, click on what you want to drink, put it in your, in your cart, they'll deliver it right to you. GentleBin.com, they'll deliver the Gentle Bin to your doorstep. All of the flavor, none of the burn. That's Gentle Bin. Time to get back to sports school with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. Let's go straight out to the HRP guest line, being joined by the great Glenn Davis. You can listen to him on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5 with Soccer Matters, and you can listen to him tonight with Bobby Boswell, pregame at 7 o'clock, kickoff at 7.30, the Houston Dynamo in Florida, taking on Inter-Miami, trying to add a little hardware to the trophy case, playing for the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. And Glenn, thanks for joining us. First off, look, lead story's messy. Is Messi going to give it a go to tonight will we see him on the pitch yeah so the latest report we're hearing out of miami is that after all the press that was there yesterday which was lining the field everywhere um apparently they all left and then he came out and did a light training session so uh we're going to find out but they say it's a game time decision according to their head coach tata martino and uh look if they need him i think i'm thinking it's probably off the bench or but who knows? Um, but listen, the thing about this is, is this tournament's never had this many eyeballs on it. Uh, the eyes that's on this thing globally is pretty unbelievable for the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. Well, Glenn, that's what I was going to ask you. When does it become a business decision or business trying to make the decision for him, whether it be the team or the league, as opposed to what's right for him and what's right for them going forward because we know that everybody's watching this. We know that he has changed the 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 the, the marketing and the the perception of everything going on because of him being in Miami. When does when do you feel like it's going to be more than just his health that and his decision? Yeah, I, I don't think it it ever becomes beyond that because Tata Martino who's the coach was brought in on purpose. He's worked with Messi forever. Um, he's smart enough, Messi's smart enough to know that he's already made the initial impact here. Sure, they want to win a trophy tonight against the Houston Dynamo, but remember, he's going to be in the league again next year. So they want to make sure that uh, going long-term, his health is going to be okay. So I, I don't believe there's anybody telling Messi or Martino, uh, you know, hey, he's got to play. That ain't happening. 
The Houston Dynamo enter Miami tonight for the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. You can listen to the call. Glenn Davis, Bobby Boswell, pregame right here, ESPN 97.5-92.5 at 7 o'clock with kickoff coming at 7.30. How does it change the ta- uh, the tactics from both clubs, uh, Glenn, if, if Messi doesn't go? What, is, what does enter Miami look differently, if at all? And how about the Dynamo? How do their tactics change? Well, you know what's really, really interesting here is, I mean, I think the Dynamo are preparing for him. I don't think there's any question, but both of these teams have had 180-degree mentality changes and transformation based on the quality of players, right? So Jordi Alba came with Messi, Sergio Busquets. These guys played at Barcelona together. They won tons of titles. Martino has, Martino has coached them there. So this was a very well-orchestrated plan. And then the Dynamo has a roster that's changed 17 players. So there's a lot of other great talent that's out there tonight that can, can decide this game. And... You know, look, yeah, messy plays, certainly uh, things are different, but it's always a collective uh, want and desire to try and defend him. I think thousands of coaches have tried to devise plans to take him out of games, and thousands of coaches have failed. Uh, but I think we don't want to look beyond uh, a lot of the other talent out there. There's young talent on Miami. you got Hector Herrera for Houston, who's just been outstanding uh, this year, leading this team in all aspects of the game and orchestrating everything. So, um, you know, this is a great moment for the Dynamo. They need this at this stage. Uh, they've turned the competitive product around on the field. Relevancy in the market's still an issue, but the competitive product is, is a really interesting, exciting one. And I'm glad to see them in the final. Good for them. I know your love of soccer and your passion for it, Glenn, and your passion for all things Houston soccer as well. And as it relates to the Dynamo, we talk about the Texans and their quote-unquote rebuild. We talk about the Rockets that, and the fact that they've been going through the same thing. When you talk mm-hmm. about what the Dynamo have been, but now what they're trying to do tonight, we know all the eyes are going to be on Messi and Miami. But what truly does this mean for a Dynamo franchise that's trying to turn the corner and get people back on board or to take more notice of the fact that they play great soccer and, and they're doing some things too? Yeah, I think it's a great point. Listen, it's really interesting to watch the rest of the country talk about the Houston Dynamo and make comments about them and jump back on the train now that they have a better team, but they've been ignored for 10 years. Uh, that, that's a fact. Um, and when I listen to some of the commentary around the country, I mean, it's, it's like they picked up an article and just decided to take a few pieces of it out and, and say, this is what the team is about. But the new owner, Ted Siegel has done a lot to turn things over. Pat on Asher Mendelson on the competitive side have done a great job of, of, of 17 new players on the roster, guys that have won titles that are going to want to win tonight. You know, you got MLS Cup winners on this team. you got guys that won titles in Europe. Um, and truly for me, I think the Houston Dynamo need this Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup win a lot more than Inter-Miami. Looking for their second uh, Open Cup in history. Last one that they won was 2018. You can listen to the call right here, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Glenn Davis, the play-by-play. Uh, Bobby Boswell will have the analysis. Uh, Glenn, you mentioned the, the prospects of this club. You, you look at the MLS standings in the Western Conference right now. The Dynamo sit fourth on the table. There's four matches to go before the regular season con- concludes. Playoffs are in sight. It's huge for a Houston Dynamo organization that you mentioned. You know, they haven't been the, the talk of the MLS world in quite some time. How have they changed the prospects of this club? Hector Herrera, new ownership, uh, the, the new coaching staff as well. And why is the arrow pointing up on this club? Arrow's pointing up again. 17 players changed on the roster. And 
these are guys that are all highly competitive. You can see it. And, it, and it's, it's, it's a 180 from what was on this team last year, right, and, and the year before. I mean, some of these guys are carryovers, but they've really turned the whole roster over. The playing style now fits Houston, Texas beautifully. It's, it's a lot of anti-combination play, uh, three or four-man moves, really aesthetically pleasing to watch. That connects very much with, with the Hispanic community and the South Americans, Central Americans, and Mexicans that are here. Um, you, you know, and, and Americans as well. But the playing style, the possession side of the game, the value they place on the ball, it's great entertainment. I mean, it, it really has been so much fun this year to call the games. Pay me the picture, Glenn. Give me the scenario with and without Messi, but tell me how you think this unfolds tonight and, and who wins. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's one thing is both teams are really good possession teams. Both teams have individuals that can hurt you. I think Miami up front is a little bit more dangerous when it comes to strikers and capability of finishing. But I think whoever wins the possession battle tonight here and creates a few more chances is, is going to win the game. Um, the, the, the value on the ball tonight and the fight for the ball and having it and dictating is going to be key. I think Miami may have a little bit more of it. But if the Dynamo are timely tonight, they can also hit teams in transition because they do have pace. So... If Inter Miami's attacking and they're committing a lot of numbers for the Dynamo, still uh, in transition can also change and play a little differently and hurt you. So I'm pulling for the Dynamo. I'm pulling for an upset tonight. Um, I'm predicting an upset tonight over Inter Miami. All right. That'd be great. Glenn, thanks for taking a few minutes to, to break down tonight's match. Dynamo going for a, another trophy, the second U.S. Open Cup, hoping to ha- add it to their trophy case. Uh, appreciate the time, and we'll be listening. Joel, Jeremy. Killer beast. Thank you, guys. You got Thanks, it. Glenn. Glenn Davis will have the play-by-play. Pre-game getting started at 7 o'clock, kickoff at 7.30. He'll be joined by Bobby Boswell. And, again, you can listen to it right here on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. The Astros season. The Astros got a big one tonight as well. In Seattle. Does the season ride on tonight's game for the Strohs? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.